Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Wearing a Sitka hat, of course he's gonna. (laughs) Come on. The and then you got gold. Jace Roberts Jr. over here next to <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of hard to miss. <laughs> yeah. Some dudes uh, just have the look, man. That's it. I said I've been trying to grow that beard since I was 11. You guys father son? <laughs> no, sir. No? How, how do you connect in? So he's my uncle, and then he's cousin down here. So 10-4. Yeah, layers, layers of family, but to to say the least. Yeah, so so cousin and then nephew. Um, but to say the least, River is probably love you cuz, but River's the hardest duck hunter I've ever met. I mean, nice. I, don't, I don't care if it's it's inch above waders, not even below waders, inch above waders. Um, you know, River's in it. He'll he'll wade you through it. He'll tell you where it's at. He he knows what he's doing. I miss those days, kind of. I do too. Used to be at all, but not get them at all costs. Whatever you're chasing. Now, admittedly, I'm kind of like, I know what that's going to cost. I ain't going after it. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> they're lower hanging fruit somewhere else. So the first night I met Ben involved tacos with not enough taco seasoning. <laughs> not Ben's fault. Our fault. <clears throat> Alcohol. Swanee River. And a group uh, of people that he was catering for that I think we made upset because we stole their entertainment. Because it went a little bit of something like this. That's Ben's beautiful voice, by the way. But between Ben and Andy that night, good Lord. I love how he plays that guitar with passion, man. <laughs> Banging away on that thing, seriously. So that's Ben and Andy both playing the guitar. Ben was the only one singing. All but, right. Uh, 
been blessed with vocal cords to say the least. <laughs> you guys, you guys yeah. met me in in a crazy circumstance. So, so, so when you meet me at the beginning of a trip, I'm you know Swanee River. I'm super professional. I, I show up. Everything is is straight lace, buttoned up. Everything. You guys know as well as I do. Any clean clothes you brought to the first day of the Swanee River trip are not clean by the end. I'm the same yeah. way. So <laughs> so I live and breathe the trips with the people that I'm working with, right? So through this, it was, it was, yes. And I got to be really diplomatic because I, I've, that group I love to work with. They're wonderful. Work with me every year. But. When I saw you guys the first day pull up at at uh, the Peacock Slough, no, 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 no. So I think it was the state park. It was uh, oh, were you, were you, you that's at- what it was. Yeah, yeah. So and, and y'all didn't see me. Don't get me wrong. I was I was behind the scenes at that point. So that was Lafayette Blue Springs. He was creeping. And you, it, it, <laughs> well, no, 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 creeping. But in so many ways, I was like, who are these dudes that just pulled up in their supply truck? has nothing but beer and meat you know what i mean like that that was the way it was it was it was everything in that truck and just unloaded into jake's dang canoe with the outriggers <laughs> and, and the whole deal i love jake i you know and and just in so many ways that was the way i met you guys and you didn't know i met you that way saw you the next day as i had worked down the river and of course I'm on, I'm on job for clients, you know, is, is I'm working, I'm doing whatever I can. Come in closer to that microphone. And I look at you guys and I say, well, these are people that, these are my buddies, right? These are my clients. And, and so nothing wrong with either situation, but looking at you guys, I was having fun just by watching what you were doing. And, and so it came from that to say, okay, Hey, Jordan's walking down the river with a camera and a microphone. I got a fishing pole. I'm going to go down there and fish, you know, and, and Jordan, and I ended up talking long way around to, to all of us ended up talking to me being involved with the, the, the Steve Miller stories. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, that was, that was Steve, Steve Christian, Steve Christian. Steve that's Christian. it. Okay. 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 So yes, the Steve Christian stories, the muzzle loader, 18 squirrels. This is the way I'll tell it in my family for the rest of my life with a muzzle loader. And, and, um, from, from the gas station parking lot that was two miles away. There it is yeah. that he built six years ago, you know, and he grew and the, the tree. tree. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Lord, it, it has been a pleasure getting to know you guys in your real environment. And then to get in here and actually see you in this environment, and there is no difference. <laughs> you know, a, a Steve Christian story, un, un, you know, with no embellishment whatsoever. The first time we went up to Maine, we're going up to kill grouse and hopefully bear, and we're all talking about what we're going to bring three hundred wind mag, whatever, whatever. And shit, you not, Steve's like, I'm bringing a trad bow. I'm like. <laughs> Like brother, like it, it's already hard enough. And I said, I don't know how many bears we we're gonna see, but about the time you're trying to get in position to creep up with that trad bow, you're gonna hear the 300 wind mag go boom, <laughs> <laughs> right? You you can help me haul that thing out, right? But that's just his way of doing it. He, he just naturally gravitates toward the hard way. 
I was gonna say the funniest part about all the like the Steve Christian stories you heard us tell, there is a sliver of truth in all of them. Yeah, <laughs> he, he really. It's did. just over exaggerated a little bit. Yeah, only a minute amount though. Say again. Only a minute amount. He was probably actually a mile and a half, not two miles, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hard part for me being a listener but is you, to you, say that, yeah, come on, man, is is I live and breathe Steve Christian stories. I'm like, yeah, yes, as, I can as get Jake, out there and do it. I don't know. know if he grew the tree that he cut the wood out of for his muzzle loader, but I do believe he cut it down. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's not an exaggeration, right? Could, like, you know, what's funny is, is Jake pointed out the other day, he says, you know, Steve Christian is to tomatoes as Johnny Appleseed is to apple trees. (laughs) (laughs) Planted his own tomatoes out in the WMA unintentionally. I've done that with corn. (laughs) 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 Except his planted a uh, uh, sprouted a plant that had tomatoes on it. He found them the next year trying to use the same spot. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Oh man, but. I'm talking about little corn piles I've left behind with plenty of fertilizer. (laughs) (laughs) That's another question. Is that considered baiting? Yeah. You know? (laughs) If I I eat a couple of cobs at night and go back out in the morning, am I baiting? Just just (laughs) puffing down cans of cream corn before you head to the woods. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm let Jim get him in to process that one. That's where I was going. I just wasn't thinking cream corn. Like, ooh. Just, ooh, just straight cans. That's hard. <laughs> Bazooka butt, man. Oh. Shit for distance. I got eight yards. <laughs> you got to go and get that can of canned corn like they take to the school cafeteria that's about a gallon worth of corn. <laughs> Industrial size can. <laughs> you know they have all those like um, like food eating championships. Like who can eat the most hot dogs? And they've even got like I don't know butter or something whipped cream. But you know one they don't have is they do not have the world championship creamed corn eating contest. Which might tell you something <laughs> about just how how tough that would be. <laughs> how many cans? Oh man! Shotgun and cans of cream corn. <laughs> All right, let me pull us back out of this rabbit hole before we go too far down it. Um, <clears throat> man, let me introduce everybody real quick. So, <clears throat> I'm your host, Will. I got Jordan here with me this evening. I'm here. Let's get it. We've got Jim. Yes, sir. Thomas. Yes, sir. River. Yes, sir. And uh, Ben, the crazy river cook. Yes. <laughs> 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 For what it is, Will, I think you have, uh, have to say the least, Coined my business, so that, so there it is. The crazy river cook Ben here, and as Jordan <laughs> yeah. would say, let's get it. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was just one of the things. I was like, I I got to put his name. If I put Ben <laughs> Nan in there, I'm like, I'm not. I'm gonna be like, who's that? Who's? I have no idea who that is, but I know that if I write Ben Crazy River Cook, like oh, that's a guy on the Swanee River trip. <laughs> My wife looks like you know looks at me like that every morning, and so yeah, that, that's one of those. But thank you for that because um, for me, my wife and I had been working on. I mean, I've been doing this, this has been 10, 10 plus years. And to say that, that we've never really had a business name or anything. We just said, 
yeah, friends calls, you know, we need caterings, we're, we're good to go. Um, and then Will said that. He said uh, in, in an episode, I forget, it's been a handful down, um, but he says, yeah, you know, Ben the Crazy River Cook. And I said, Candace, we got to patent that. We got to <laughs> trademark that. We got to do, you know, everything to it. So, so for what it is, thank you. You will live in infamy and my family is, is the Crazy River Cook captain. Um, so, so, so yeah, so Ben, the crazy river cook, happy to be here. Oh, but before we get any further, man, we got to talk about some small game hunts we got coming up. So, uh, I guess by the time this comes out, the Seminole ranch hunt is over with. So what we have left, the next hunt in line is going to be the hunt in towns and wildlife management area in Ludowisi, Georgia, uh, over new year's weekend. And then later on in January, towards the end, to hunt in Seminole Forest. Um, and those two are going to be a blast. Always, man. So far, it's looking like the Altamaha River is forecasted to be at about 12 feet, which will put us into a <clears throat> low flood stage. Be about perfect. Yeah, that's, that is perfect. Because yeah. then you still get the water that it, it'll be, that's about where it was last year. Yep. Uh, it's deep enough that it floods. The lake, it's flooded enough that the lake floods, Flood but it's September. shallow enough. Yeah, it's it shallow enough don't. that you can still, yeah, the roads don't flood. Yeah. So, looking forward to it. When he talks about roads flooding, this WMA, the first time I ever drove into it to drive down one of the roads, I had a, ah, it was like a 15 year or something, but I had a leveling kit and some bigger tires on it, and the water in the road was halfway up my door. It gets deep in there. Yeah. That's why we got to watch that river level because if it, if for some reason we do get some unforecasted torrential, un, you know, rain that's far out of the average and it goes up to 14 feet, 15 feet over its banks, then we'll probably have to cancel that trip just because it's, uh, 13 though, we're good. It'd be the U boat commander. Yeah. 13 zippy. Yeah. If you're in there in a pickup, four wheel drive pickup truck, you're fine. It's not like Ocala hey, where they I'll go out and tear the roads up. Out. Uh, well, there's no place to park. That's true. It, it's not like Ocala where they go out and tear all the roads up every time it rains. The The roads there stay pretty well maintained, so you've got a good sand bottom. But if you don't have a heavy vehicle, when I say the road is flooded, you're not driving through a mud puddle. You're driving through a river that's flowing across the road. So it will wash your car off into the woods. Mm. So you got to have a pretty heavy vehicle. Hey, when is the draw for that area? Did I, already, did I miss it? Did I... Uh, they actually closed it, so nobody got it. Oh, they closed the hunt. You talking about for Townsend for the the duck hunt? No. Yeah, they closed it. They closed the WMA. That's worse than not drawn. No. Well, not really. He's talking about the impoundment hunt. Yeah, I know, and I'm telling you, it's closed for good. No, for the year maintenance. Oh. Yeah, they they announced that a while back. I hope I didn't draw. Well, nobody draw, nobody yeah. drew. You automatically got preference points when they okay. when they sent the email out. They offered you a chance to change at that point late because they found out figured out they weren't going to be able to open it this year. So you could change, or you could just take the preference points. And I just opted for the preference points. So I'm about dang near guaranteed to draw it next year because I've got like I didn't six even preference see an email points. I probably just deleted. Yeah, it I saw the email and I definitely didn't read it. Uh, I, I didn't see it. the email. AJ called me and told me. Yeah, I was going to say. And I went back. I didn't read the email. I saw the email. Didn't read it. How long All ago I saw that was unsuccessful. And months I was like, oh. ago. 
Month Anyways, ago? months ago. That's going to be good for that place. Yeah, it is really, really good for that place. Yeah. Uh, especially if they go in and clean some of those impoundments out. Yeah. That's going to be right nice. But that doesn't affect the small game hunt. Small game hunt still very much on in towns and wildlife management area. Unless it floods. Heavily. I might still go. <sighs> Who knows? Unless the camping area is flooded. I don't know that I've ever seen the camping area flood, and I've seen it 16 feet over. But you can't get much past camping area at that point. Well, yeah, because there's that show enough spot there just past camping area. Right at the camping area. Yeah. I've seen the camping area, the water be high enough that, well, I mean, you saw when we went there last year and we walked, when we, mm. where we walked in, you're looking above you and you can see bright eyes that I put on the trees. They're about 11 feet up. When I was sitting in the front of a John boat, just pushing them into a tree at about shoulder height as I was going past. That's how high the lake was. But it allows you plenty of places to blind up on the lake if you're going to go sit in a boat out there in a little John boat because you just pull into the tree limbs. Like you're, <laughs> sitting, you're sitting in the treetops. Uh, but that's going to be some duck hunting uh, at first thing in the morning and then uh, plenty of squirrel hunting throughout the day. We'll get a few days of that and then head on back. We're going to be there from the 30th. I'll be driving up the night of the 29th that Friday night, and I'll be there Saturday and Sunday, hunt Monday morning and drive home. So it'll be a longer hunt. It's a whole small game hunt camp. Primitive camping, no water, no power. So bring everything with you and enjoy the ride. Or you can get a hotel if you don't want a primitive camp in uh, Ludowisi or Hinesville. Yep. So. Is it worth uh, is it worth hauling the duck boat up there? No. Mm, well, what do you say no for? Where's he going to put it in at? If the water was low enough, well... Maybe, I guess. I can tell you this. <clears throat> I know spots you can only access by boat, but you have to put it on the river and drive back to where we are. And if the river is at 12 to 14 feet, they're going to be full. I mean, slap full of ducks. Um, But if the river is high enough, you could have put the boat in there last year. Oh, where were you? Put the canoe in? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could have gone on the lake there. Yeah. You don't need, I mean, you would never need to do anything more than idle because it's not that big of a lake. It's a very narrow but long lake. Do you know who I am? All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Actually, I'd love to do that. And if the water's high enough, I wouldn't mind, you know, I love the idea of me plunking some squirrels from the boat. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll definitely be bringing a canoe. I know some guys that are bringing John boats. I could so. bring mine and just paddle it out there. What? My boat. <laughs> <laughs> We'd almost be better if we could get your boat off the trailer for a weekend, just throw my boat on your trailer and drag it up there. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck getting my boat back on the trailer. This is true. That'd be a bit of a pain in the butt with no motor on it, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. But, uh. I'm looking forward to that hunt. It's going to be a good time. We had a lot of fun last year. It's just three of us, so we decided to open it up to get more people up there. And I know we're going to have probably at least five or six guys that I know are going as of right now. One of the guys that's going used to hunt <clears throat> the wildlife management area when his family leased it when he was a kid. Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Who's that? They gave it up, huh? Bill Stewart, the guy that won the rifle. Oh, really? Yeah. Now the state of Georgia leases it from whoever. That's a wildlife management area. Part of it. 
Cool. So pretty neat. And where we are staying at one point used to be <clears throat> where a camp was from what I understand. So that's the only primitive camping area in the wildlife management area. But there's time. Plenty, plenty of room for people in there. And then we jump into uh, Seminole Forest, which is always a good good time. And you can kill every man or a small game creature out there. Uh, weather dependent, I would say. Because last year, we had it a bit rough. It was kind of rainy like it was today. Yeah, squirrels weren't moving all that great. Yeah. I still killed a quail out there last year. Did you? Yeah, that's yeah. right, you did. <laughs> Somebody killed a pig. Oh, it was that kid that posted in the Nation page today that's gotten uh, elk. Died in Elkons in Colorado. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, man, I kill all manner of weird stuff. I killed the crow the one year, which isn't that weird. Quail. But, like, I go out there all hell bent on killing doves, can't kill a one, but, you know, drop a unicorn. Doves, squirrels. So like, yeah, you know, I never seem to get what I'm looking for. We always say we're going to go hunt ducks, never do. We did yeah. it once. Did you? No luck? No, you know, well, we, 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 we didn't get hardcore serious about it. We... We took a gander at a whole bunch of water. Oh, no. I took a shot at a duck. Crept around from pond to pond. I want to say one year I water swatted a hen wood duck. I think you did. And it dove and Liberty couldn't find it. I killed a merganser out there right off the road the one year. Yeah. That was probably before I met you guys, but I killed a merganser out there once. They're out there. There's little ponds dotted all over that place. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We're getting into that small game season time of year. We'd actually, uh, being that Ben is from this area, I had just talked to Steve Miller, the guy that was cooking our tacos uh, yesterday. I was texting back and forth with him about, because I, I was just screwing around on FWC's WMA finder, and I didn't realize that we float through two WMAs. And I said, dude, we should try to do like a, it doesn't have to be that section river because I kind of went up and down the river and I noticed that there's uh, a few different WMAs that border the river. So we should try to do like a floating hunt. Like especially if, because I know that at least one of them's quota draw. So if you can draw one and then like start another hunt there for a few days and then float down the other one and hunt before at your quota, I was like, that'd be a, that'd be a sweet hunt. Oh, wood for sure. And and for us, we, we actually look at that. And so we're going, all right, zone C opens at this time versus the WMAs down the Swanee. And so um, for me, I'm, I'm closer to Perry is, is my home base. And then anything between Perry and, and Cousin's house, being, being y'all's house, is, is to say that, yes, every WMA opening, whatever it is, the Swanee's super interesting in the way that it's set up versus, and you guys know this, but, but private land versus yeah. public land. And so, so last, uh, I guess it was, I don't know, it was a month ago that I was on my last, uh, catering routine out there. And, um, you know, everybody's saying, Oh, the rut's coming up. We're all getting ready for the rut and we're all getting ready to look forward to this. I'm sitting on, on, uh, uh, what was it? Peacock? No, it was Adams. Adam, Adams tracked uh, river camp at any rate. Um, talking to the camp hosts that I usually make good friends with. And they're saying, yeah, you know, I'm a big deer hunter, but they won't let us hunt on this side of the river, but they will on the WMA on that side of the river. And I said, okay, you know, didn't think too much about it. 
and he says i've been seeing bucks chasing x y and z and then you look and and literally i was sitting on the dock talking to my wife bless her she was going are you coming home soon you know that type of deal and i'm looking across the river and in a good i mean just basketball comes down the hill two does in front of him chasing him up and down and you know those bank lines you know mm-hmm. the, oh, yeah, the, whatever steep. it is six, yeah 16 20 foot bank lines and, and these bucks and does are just chasing each other up and down and up and down and they saw me you know and, and that type of deal and he says that's my target right there that's that's season target and it was that buck um but for what it is it was it was on the edge of that wma the the border boundary that he was saying and and had to watch so i think that's the most difficult thing right is making sure that we're in the right wma at the right regulations at the right time yeah you know (laughs) i always got questions about submerged sovereign up there right because it's the, it's whatever the, <laughs> you and i both we, we all know yeah. that the hundred year high water mark is very well right. marked up there yeah and, and it's like a mile away from the riverbank man it's, it's like i walk into your living room and start waylaying you know um but you know then they get all these goofy rules like i don't like the peace river no submerged sovereign on the peace you know i don't know about swanee um and then you were talking about I was thinking of them like as benches, you, you know, the, the, the banks are so steep and I don't know how many times I've gone down there and, and, and seen deer halfway up the bank, just sitting on a bench, you know? Um, so it's like, well, somebody owns that land, but that doesn't mean that that's not fair game. So long as you're not under power, right? You in a canoe, you're good to go. So I don't know. It just, what we were talking about doing, I think, more is more squirrels, right? Just run oh, Jordan and- was talking. Jordan was talking deer hunting. Yeah, in oh, the really? WMAs that are open. There's but- two WMA, two like full blown WMAs we float through, and I won't name them just for purposes of spot burning. But okay, <laughs> everybody knows where we get in. They know where we get out. Look at the map. But uh, it's still a lot of area. Um, I thought about it, but man, I think I definitely. I think I'd want to do that one motorized. Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't dis- I, I would not want to do that in a canoe. The issue- God forbid you are lucky enough to kill a deer. Then you have to figure out like it's it's like get a hold of your outfitter and and be like, Oh yeah, hey buddy, by the way, you're picking up my canoe and uh I killed a deer. Yeah. But, but so when Steve when Steve and I are up there doing a run, and we're having this like, oh man, we should come up here and we could Heck, man, we can even bring a motorized boat. And, you know, you're right out in the middle of the river channel, and all of a sudden you drift by, and there's a boulder. Like yeah. Three, right smack in the middle of the river, three inches underneath you. Like, well, yeah, we can bring a boat. We just ain't bringing mine. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. So, it, I, I don't know, man. It's a little iffy, but. Very uh, much so. Now, my, my, my question to you guys. So, I've thought this literally since. I left with you guys, right? And and this was me getting a couple hours in between work and whatnot to in in big air quotes with work, but is is you said the fishing was horrible. Tell me about that. You got you guys didn't catch any fish comparatively it to was, yeah. the year prior when before we met you. Yeah, it was garbage. No kidding. And and were you targeting? Uh, anything specific or just just going anything, for it? Yeah, anything that would hit a uh, 
Mainly, Beetles, mainly panfish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Because yeah. so that was um, uh, my single best three days for Swanee bass that I've ever had, and <laughs> and and bigger and, and and I mean pictures to prove like a hundred percent like hands down. And I didn't want to say it in the minute when when all I want to say is you hear that, Chris. No. Chris had the worst I'm five sorry. days of bass fishing he's ever had in his life. But now, now what is it? Is it Jake's son that was that was there? Or no, that, that was uh, there was a youngster that was there. So Alex's son. Okay, Alex's because son. that young man could catch fish better than I could, hands down, hundred percent. I mean, he he was there living and breathing that river. But for me, it was I was out just kind of. Uh, I don't know if I can say it on the podcast to lead if I can't, but I was dicking around yeah, and, and, and through that is I ended up catching more fish than I could stand and I'm going, Oh my goodness. And y'all came back to the camp. I don't know. Second, third night and, and said, well, we just can't catch anything. And I didn't want to say, well, look at my stringer, you know, I'm not that type right. of dude. Right. <laughs> and so, so it was like, well, how did y'all not catch any fish? It's- well, that's funny. This year you were probably trying. Or last year you were trying. Two years ago, everybody was three sheets, the breeze, tied off in, uh, in, in a, a, a flotilla, a flotilla <laughs> and just chucking beetle spins all willy-nilly, not thinking two things of it, and smashing them. And all of a sudden y'all got serious and couldn't catch nothing. Well, so right? the we kind of did the same thing, but the, the big difference in this – in 2023 versus 2022 was the river was about three feet lower. Huh. So okay. a lot of the structure, submerged structure we had that year, like tree roots and all that, they were all, everything was exposed. So I don't think the, the bluegill had near as much to hide in on the banks. Um, a few guys caught Swanee bass. We did catch some bluegill, but not like when you and Steve rolled into uh, camp that first night it's and like dragging a stringer of bluegill. Yeah, but we were, we were, we were serious. We go up there to hunt, hunt bluegill, fish bluegill. No, you were. We're pretty bluegill, serious <laughs> about it. I mean, every, but you, as you're dripping down, you start to get a feel for like. I mean, it's it's more like it's almost akin to trout fishing. Like you're you're watching the bank and you're seeing the holes and you just kind of see where there's just going to be a little bit of relief, and you just drop in and it's like boop, and they're either there or they're not. There's no like sitting over the hole for a while. You drop I'm it thinking- in and it's just constant bam, 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 bam. But it's a lot of work. I'm thinking of a cane pole might be the way to go to do that. Just yep, sit there kinda. and flip and flip. Cane pole flip. or microlite. Talking about fishing just got me thinking. It's uh, it's starting to cool down. It's that time of year. We need to, we got to get your boat going because it's time for striper. Yeah. We can run up the. Well, we got to be yeah. careful. <laughs> well, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there we, can, too, but. we can run up the creek over there and tear up some striper. Mm-hmm. But no, Jim's exactly right though with the with the Swanee specifically. So uh, I basically paid for my college education, uh, fly fishing for trout, and and in so many ways, the Swanee's the exact same way. I, I was at the North Georgia Tennessee border fly fishing, and you know you launch that thing in there, and he's either there or he's not. The Swanee is the exact same way set up for bass, bluegill, you, you name it. I mean, I bass be it Swanee or largemouth. Um, it's exactly that. He's either there or he's not. You've got 15 seconds between the flow of the river to the next hole. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't describe it any perfectly as trout fish in the South, you know. 
Where were you fishing? The, were you fishing the Ocoee up there? So or? the Ocoee, the Nantahala, yeah. um, and then all the feeders coming down uh, through Raven County and White County and otherwise up there. Yeah, I've been on those rivers. They're yeah. beautiful country. I wouldn't change it for the world. I went cold, whitewater cold. rafting <laughs> on the Nantahala one There you time. go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. No, no, no. And so <laughs> we've been a bunch, that. and my wife will tell you, that's one of her favorite stories is, we went white water rafting, you know. Yeah. And that's they do have an honest guy class two in there. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's a lot of fun. And I've seen guys, you know, that's the funny part. You get on there and it's not, I mean, it's not a brutal white water raft. It's still a ton of fun and it's cold. And then guys let their, they, they let their guard down and they get swept out by branches. Boom. And next thing you know, and it may not seem that tough when you're, when you're in the boat, you know, and everything's good. But you get knocked ass over tea kettle in the river and the boat's going down and all the rocks and things like that. All, all of a sudden you realize that maybe it's not such the cushy trip you thought it was. <laughs> I don't know, man. We had some we had some pretty rough rapids on the Swanee last year. Yeah. Uh, do, <laughs> the the first day listen, it claimed a canoe. I about sucked the the whatever material that uh the millennium seat millennium seat is made of. It just about permanently got stuck in my butthole one time because I clenched my cheeks. So I mean, I should you not. We got spun around in a 360, a, and in the midst of this 360, I watched my edge of the canoe level out with the water. Like, you know how if you fill a glass to the brim and it just kind of like barely bulges over the top but doesn't pour out? That's how the water was on the edge of my canoe, and I knew if it came over there that we were fucked. Yeah, I, I've seen aluminum canoes uh, where somebody got sideways. Not not in those rapids right there by by uh, what's the little river that comes in? I forget. But um, further down by Convict, where it kind of goes around an island. I've seen. That's where we got caught. Somebody, right yeah, there. somebody got sideways with a with a tree, and that canoe was wrapped around <laughs> like a beer can. We uh, had, we handled the majority of that rapid really well until we got to the end, and we almost got caught in like an eddy, and it yeah. spun the canoe completely around and i mean like hammer down like somebody just pulled the e-brake on that canoe spun that sucker around yeah no there's hydraulics in there they're not really huge but they're if you're not ready for them you know you'll get there was no getting ready for that one like we we were ready and the next thing you know the canoe just spun yeah that was nope I don't know what I'd do next year. Just got to be prepared, I guess. Build out riggers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jake, just they're just along for the ride. They just had to sit down for a minute so nobody got thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> he he uh he ended up selling the, the, the whole canoe. He didn't sell it. He traded he, it. Yeah, he traded it uh, to one of the other guys on the trip for like three shotguns. Good for Jake. <laughs> hey man, wow. as, as long as Larry can hit the next deer, we're all right. I don't know Larry. I love Larry, but but good for Jake, man. <laughs> and so no, no, it it was an incredible experience, truly, uh, uh, with you guys. And to say that watching you guys go down that river, there was nobody having more fun. Nope. Than probably the two of y'all. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, you orchestrated all of this. Nobody would be here without you. We're all part of the UPO nation, right? And so it is to say now I feel like I'm kind of a, a I don't know, a freshman. You're a staple. It, it, well, no, no, no. <laughs> shoot. A staple. Thank you. But it's to say I, I'm kind of a freshman in the world going, 
I just want to be Jake. How do I grow my beard longer? You know, <laughs> <I> say, <laughs> that type of deal. This this really all started with Jim. Jim was planning it for three, two years, I guess, before. It was back before that I used to take Boy Scouts down. Yeah, the taking Boy Scouts. And then you had a few trips with BHA. And Jordan went on a three-day that year. Yep. Uh, and I couldn't make it. <clears throat> and then last year, in 2022, Jim planned it. it was the first year that I went on the five day. And then last year, uh, I put all of it together and Jim sadly had to miss it for graduation. We, no, sick. We, we I had some weird fever. Yeah, put all of it together. No, you know, that, you know, it's funny. It's, I said, we did a scouts a little further up in that lower section on the Springs too. But, you know, I've taken kids from, I think 11 to about 16, 17 down that thing. And when they're doing it, they're, uh, they're really packing light. You know, it's like we, we use community cooking. So you take a couple five-gallon buckets that got food in it. You know, lunches are usually pitas or uh, tortillas or something. Either you, either you had a tuna tortilla or you had a peanut butter and jelly for lunch. Breakfasts were usually oatmeal or something like that. And then dinner was always something a little bit more subs- substantive. And then you'd supplement it with uh, Nutri-Grain bars or whatnot. But, no catch of the day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If we oh, caught okay. fish. And we would, well, one of the things I used to do with the scouts all the time, because they're more, they're really, they're just, they're just paddling like crazy. Or, you know, one of my favorite spots on there would be between, um, when you, when you go in at Lafayette Blue, I think the next one down is Peacock, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the stretch. It's a little shorter. It's only like eight miles. Yeah. River's relatively straight. You know, they'd be infatuated with just like, um, getting in the water. You know, in scouts, you always have to have a life vest on all the time. But, man, I'm telling you, we had days where if those kids paddled 50 yards in the entire trip, it'd be shocking. They just got in the water and floated. So there wasn't a lot of catching, but what I would do is I would – I'd always grab a couple of scouts, um, have to be too deep. We'd get into the campsite, get things going, and then canoe down, you know, a couple hundred yards and hang, hang in bush hooks. And some places are better than that for than others. But I'd put out, I don't know, 15 – 18 bush hooks, uh, use some kind of nasty, stinky bait. And then, man, when the kids took off in the morning and they knew the bush hooks were down there, that was like hauling ass trying to get to them. And man, if, if the little bobber was a or the branch was pulling over and you know, you never know what they're going to get. They might be pulling up a bullhead or they might be pulling up a big old channel cat or a soft shell. Um, <laughs> you know, we usually the turtles cause you let them do a whole overnight hang. If you had a turtle, man, turtles are strong. They'll actually straighten the whole hook. Yeah. Like, they must have zero nerves in their face. You know, they just crawl out of the sand. I don't know, man. Just keep pulling the hook, straightens. Um, <laughs> if you've seen that deck. Um, Two-foot-long neck comes out of that. Yeah. No, if you, if you just saw that dang snapping turtle me and Jordan saw in 2022, Dude, holy cow. Yeah. Oh, was, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had it. Yeah. I thought it was, was a rock. wider than this table. <laughs> yep. I mean, I shit you not that... Uh, when I, I literally stepped, oh, you damn near. I literally down. said, "Hang on, I'm going to put my paddle on this rock." And I went down and touched the top of it, and my paddle went whoop as he went swimming away. I was like, "That's a that's a dang out alligator snapping turtle, man!" I said, "I said I don't even want to get in the water. Like I'm afraid of my toes getting bit that, off." Th- your toes? Yeah. That thing could have took your whole foot off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but we do the catch of the day. We do stuff like that, and or we'd save it until we had it, and we'd do a big fish fry. But those kids, man, what was great is watching, especially. I mean, 11 and 12 year old young men or young, I mean, I guess they're not technically men, but man, they become men in a hurry. 
you know, they start off first day all piss and vinegar. By day three, they're really tired. By day four, and the last day, they just want to get home. And man, you, you watch them come off the river. There's a little bit of celebration, and you'll hear things like, "I'm never going again," and you know, no, and it, they're kind of worn out. Like they can't believe they did 50 miles. And they haven't seen mom and dad. And at that age, it's a big deal. Um, and they've been, you know, sleeping in communes and running over each other. And then, you know, you get six months, you know, you start, you know, it's starting to be springtime again. And they start telling the war stories or they start talking to the new kids who'd be coming into the troop about, you know, oh, the Swanee River trip. And the next thing you're like, we're going out of Swanee. And they'd go again. It was it was pretty fantastic. And I really enjoyed that. And that's why I started doing it with with older men once my time in Scouts got out of the way. And then it was a pretty mature trip until you guys got involved. <laughs> I was gonna say so so, so he's, when Jim said it's pretty funny to 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 watch, you know, how it turns uh like young boys into men. It turns it, men it, into young boys. Say, <laughs> it does the exact same opposite with men. It turns them into young boys. No, it does. But you notice that, like, you've even seen it. The first time you go down the river as a you, – you get rid of all your problems, man. Like, on the, yeah. the first day you're still kind of there. But by day two, all your, all your civilization problems are gone. It's like you've been out there forever. You know, and then you really like you'll see guys get out of hand. But on the second year, same thing by day two, all your civilization problems are gone. But everybody's governor like kind of kicks in a little bit. Yeah, like, well, uh, yeah, maybe I won't have that fifth whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can always tell the newbies from the rest of them. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And you got guys like Steve Christian that are always just, you know, steady Eddie, man. He's been everywhere. That, uh, yeah, last year was definitely, uh, and I know this is hard for you to believe, Ben, but it was a lot, a lot calmer than it was in 2022. We kicked it down about four notches. Listen, the in 2022 at Peacock's, at, at Peacock Slough, Jim, or Jim, Jake ate raw hamburger. Probably at least two pounds worth of raw hamburger. And then rolled around in the dirt like a dog and passed out. And then threw up, up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wakes up in the morning. He says, "What'd you guys feed me, Alpo?" And then, yeah, and then Tristan <laughs> uh, kayaked across the river, walked Lord knows how. Oh, that's far. right. That was Peacock yeah. Slough. We sent him for beer, and he came back with potato chips <laughs> in a cup that somebody had given him. And so we sent him back for beer again, and then he came back with a shot of whiskey. It's like training a puppy. Yeah. And then we sent him and William for beer, and he finally came back with beer. Yeah. You're getting bad when you're you're getting across there and you got to bum a ride to the gas station. Uh, But yeah, no, we uh, we planned adequately this year. Did not have to make a crazy beer run. Yeah. Uh, And by planning adequately, I mean we brought the same amount of beer. We just didn't drink near as much of it. So I got I got a question for Thomas, man. Earlier when we got in here, you reside around here, but do you do you actually live? Are you one of the houses that back slap right up to? Um, I don't even know if I want to name the the area. But it would be the northernmost area. Yeah, a relatively well thought of. No, I'm area. I'm about two miles away. So you can't just walk out the back door and and put in. Nobody can really get out the back door and put in. Okay, <laughs> not into that area. No. Okay. 
I was a little jealous there if you could. I was like, oh, I'd be hunting there every morning. <laughs> FDBC be damned, man. <laughs> Sit in my backyard. No, but, but we, we grew up with the stories of, of our uncles that did that. And so my family and his family, of course, the way back in here. And my uncle will tell you, he says, yeah, we hunted there until they told us it was a conservation area and gave us a ticket and told us to leave, you know, that type of situation. And so, so and then we were more careful. Yeah, well, and it's, <laughs> well, he said, no, we still did it until the, the green gene showed up, you know, or whatever it became. Um, and, and no, we're, we're super fortunate for, for him. This is, like I said, this is our pilgrimage. I mean, we're, we're so, North Florida, Georgia line and, uh, and come down, uh, this time. You guys have to year. get in line with everybody else. That's yes, it. Okay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> You're not quite the royalty. I thought you were. Man. <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys, you guys going straight from here to go get in line? Literally trucks packed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, but David Causey, I think, was on the yeah. podcast yeah. at one mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I always first in line. Well, so, okay. So that is my reputation for the last 15 years of my life. I mean, literally, my marriage has been, you know, David Causey's truck at the front of that <laughs> line. Right. And, and he is the man. He's so nice, so respectful, so, so everything else. Um, but we said this year, especially with the rain tonight, we were like, are we going to beat David? No, you're not. David's been there. Right. Since technically, I think he's been out there since Wednesday. Hang on, I'll text him right now. See if he can send me a send me a selfie from the front of the line. But but no, and so I'm I'm excited to actually say, hey, you know the UPA UPO guys, like come on, man, this is give us first spot or whatever. He's like, just but, let me cut behind you. Yeah. Good <laughs> luck. It's that, that UPO name and a dime will get you a cup of coffee, baby, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what it does is it, it proves to, to River uh, that uh, my nephew, that to say the least, what you guys do works. And, and to, to say we missed youth hunt, I mean, it was, I saw the turnout for, for youth days and, and everything else. That was incredible. Oh, he's still old enough to make this year's. He is. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And so so for that, he, that's why he's excited to be sitting in with us tonight is I've told him about you guys forever. He's listened to every show since no, since the you, Swanee. You, and then we're going, dude, you've got to be involved. You are the person that Will and Jordan preach to. And so uh, so thank you guys for the outlook. So the, the Villages chapter will take on the youth hunt at the end of season here in the marsh. That's and what he's talking about. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're, we're actually taking, we're taking on sponsorships now. And the goal last year, we served over 100 youth. And, you know, in the amount of youth that we can service is heavily dependent on the number of sponsors we get because we don't charge a youth a nickel, right? It's, uh, but we're trying to, I mean, and we say we give them duck decoys, and I don't want, we give them like top of the line duck decoys. Everybody gets tangle a box. free. Yeah. T- tangle free decoys. Everybody gets a hat. Everybody gets a duck call. Everybody gets the makeup. They get a or the you know the face paint. Everybody gets a backpack. I mean, we get a lot of the people that some people donate stuff, but all, all of those manufacturers, it's hard to go to them year after year, year and just be, give us like free. So usually, most stuff is deeply discounted. Um, but so we're we're buying that stuff. It's not like people are just giving it to us. So we're, we're heavily reliant on donors, but you know the, the goal every year is to service just a few more, a few more. We'd love to get to two hundred kids. It's uh, and to be able to feed, and we also feed them all a meal. To be able to do that uh, makes me feel really good, and, and really the credit for that needs to go to Joey Lyon. I've only been involved in it the last couple of years, but it's um, it's definitely. 
I don't know, this area, I think as far as youth, youth hunting, it's probably one of the premier events. So, by the way, if you guys would like to get on board with those sponsorships, yes, yeah, and I, we'll, I will take your check. Yes, <laughs> we, we will talk. But no, but no, it's more than that. It's it's me saying that you can duck hunt, even though people coin duck hunting as the most expensive hunting you can do. You know, like like you guys were saying before, is is if you buy a rifle, well, that there there's a depreciation value to the rifle over the seasons. But with duck hunting, for me, is you can duck hunt relatively cost effectively, especially in the state of Florida. It's to say, if you're willing to repaint decoys, you're willing to pattern shells that are that are cheaper than the than the high bismuth and otherwise, and you know your gun, you can truly duck hunt cheaper than somebody going out saying it's going to cost me fifteen hundred dollars this weekend. What what you and this goes for hunting across the board. What you can't afford to pay for with cash, you can always pay for with sweat. There it is. I was just yeah. going to say that. Yeah. You there can duck hunt relatively uh, cost effectively, but you have to put in the sweat equity. That's to it. Get there. Well, yeah. and, uh, which goes it makes it a lot easier if you already have a boat. <laughs> well, yeah, but you could do it out of a canoe, out of a $100 canoe you pick nope, up on the side enough. of the road. All right. You right. started you're out right. of a bright yellow kayak 10 Hell miles yeah. from here, covering it in camouflage and shooting his limit every well, t- single t- Wednesday t- Tell us Saturday. about that, man. Tell me about Come how on, that worked. Guys. Three years ago, it's first year, I hunted the marsh. So I didn't have a boat at that time. I didn't know anybody around the area. So I took my kayak out and I had enough camouflage cloth to just cover it. And I had about a dozen decoys. So I'd paddle right out to the middle of the wide open water. <laughs> the perfect spot in the marsh. Exactly. Yeah. There's no brush around me. I can lay down in my kayak, throw a couple decoys out to the left, a couple out to the right, and then just completely cover the kayak with, with cloth. And just you can shoot birds that way out there. Hold a so light basically you made a, you made a layout boat out of your kayak. Yeah. Hold, hold a light in the dark in the marsh, though, especially if you're out so there. You don't run over. <laughs> so I, I took a piece of PVC pipe and just put a three, white 360 up three feet. Yeah. And I just had that in the back of the boat with a little 12-volt battery, and I was out in the middle. Nobody run me over. Man, I almost guarantee you'll see a few more of those out there this year. No, <laughs> no that secret is out. Man. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's really not a secret, man. There's a lot of places in Florida where guys that – if you see guys like, ah, oh, you can't kill ducks there. A layout boat really is the ticket because you, if you could get away from where the, it's like everybody with their mud boat hunts and you can hide in the middle where there's nothing to hide in. That's where they go to rest. That's where they go to. Yeah. 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 No, I, there's a, I'd like to try, I got a couple spots this year. I'd love, I don't, have, I don't have to borrow a layout boat, but there's a couple of places that we frequent where I got a canoe you can use. No, but mid midday, man, you're just cruising through the lake and you're like, just huge rafters of ringers getting up. No, I, I imagine, I I imagine the hard part is, though, if you better get out there and get a hell of a decoy spread out because, you know, du- you know how they all pl- the ducks and waterfowl play follow the leader. Once they start going into the other rafter, you may as well just pick it up. Dude, that little, <laughs> you know? that little canoe Jordan's I, I got. Say, I, do ha- I do have like a, a 10-foot canoe you at the flip house it around, you can lay down in. You, you hmm. paddle it backwards, and you sit down inside of it. And I did this last year on the up in Georgia. You flip around backwards so that you are you have the majority of the canoe in front of you. Yeah. Excuse me. And then um, I put my blind bag, which I have a backpack-style blind bag behind me, and I was laid out like just like I'm sitting in a recliner with my shoulders even with the top of the canoe. Just paddling. So when you were doing it, you you didn't you didn't you were just using burlap or whatever camo cloth on the canoe. 
you didn't then flush that out with, you know, whatever, flotsam and jetsam to, to further lock it in. It was just the, the canoe was just out there being a canoe, or the kayak was being a kayak. Yeah, just, covered just a in, kayak. Yeah, I guess you could probably get away with it, Marsh. Well, at that point, you want to blend in with the water. You don't want to create another island. Fair enough. So You might could throw some hydrilla on it, but... <laughs> yeah, maybe something like that, but I... <laughs> yeah. Careful obviously, sticking your arm down on the water in the Obviously marshal. it worked, right? You were inconspicuous enough that they came in and you popped them. Yeah, a lot of them are flying low anyways. They're not flying real high, so they're not looking down. Mm. So they're coming 10 feet off the water right across you. And a lot of those birds later in the day, you watch them, they'll just land right out in the middle and you'll be sitting on the edge in your boat all blind in and you're watching these birds fly and then they land right out in the middle. Did you creep on any of them? It's too hard. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you did. I figured, yeah, I figured, they figured they're, they're pretty. I was just wondering if maybe you were able to get away with that. Like if you were like, whoop, so what are you guys hunting out of this year? Um, I got a, I have a go devil. Nice. Yeah. He's got a go devil. I have a Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll put it that way. Yeah. yeah. But uh, to say the least, this is our first year with two boats, uh, more people than usual. Usually we all load and cause his boat and say, yeah, we'll be there thursday night you know 7 a.m to get in line or whatever it may be and um and, and this year would be a little more comfortable a little more well done um let's let's put it this way for from from my mental state there is a menu planned <laughs> and that's why i have to say is yeah yeah, yeah we get you ducks and everything else there is a menu planned there is we are eating venison tacos the first night we are going from there you know so you gotta um, do half moons for breakfast well so okay so i i i have a now i'm the only chicken farmer that doesn't eat eggs but at any rate has anybody <laughs> ever had a half moon without an egg on it because I, I understand the principle. I understand everything. Mm-hmm. Nephew is going to enjoy a half moon tomorrow morning. For me, a half moon without an egg, is that like a half, half moon? I don't, I don't know that that would Might necessarily. I don't know that it would necessarily. Uh, I don't know that it would ruin it. But I do enjoy, to me, eating, having the egg on the sandwich is, you ever, well, it's like a sunrise burger. Okay. Has the fried egg on there. It adds a the the oily texture of the the uncooked yolk and a little bit of a different flavor to it but i don't know that if you just went with bacon and cheese i'm sure it'd still be well, so absolutely it, delicious it's the mayonnaise to a blt yeah <laughs> you, pretty you much know what yeah. I mean? it, it's like you got to have something to tie it all together mm-hmm. okay 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 so so then i will send you guys a picture it, it will saturday morning of a half moon with me eating an egg. And and my <laughs> wife will tell you, she she's the one that gets the eggs out of the coop and does the whole thing. Ben doesn't need eggs. Unless it's in a cake, ice cream, you know, otherwise that I can make well, myself. What is it? Is it so, a texture thing? Or it, just... it is. It's, it's totally a texture thing. And honestly, I think it is a, a an overuse because growing up similar ways, you ate eggs before school. Every single day, you yeah. know, blessed with parents that, that it was a full breakfast. It was, you know, uh, not whatever microwave oatmeal. This was eggs. And so scrambled eggs do not taste the same to me unless it's at hunting camp, fried in bacon grease on the back of a cast iron skillet that, you know, great granddaddy owned or whatever you want to say. I'll eat eggs that way. Well, the half moon meets all those yeah, things. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. Winner. All right, but you know, <laughs> soaked in bacon grease in a cast iron skillet, there ain't much that doesn't go down well. That you cook, way. you <laughs> always cook the bacon first when yeah, making exactly. a half moon because the bacon grease is the lubricant for everything else that goes in the pan. 
Funny now, how you could have a whole pan just sop full of bacon grease. A couple of half moons like, damn, we need more bacon. Where, where'd all the grease go? <laughs> uh, Honey it, bun soaks it up. Yep. It doesn't go well with uh, salted ham. Or uh, spam. Spam was okay. Yeah. The salted ham was not. I was not a fan of that. Maybe it was just because it was Dollar General salted ham, but the, the, the ham was not, not that good. The best part about the salted ham, though, was Jim eating the salted ham and then realizing it was raw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was asking Scott Country Ham. I thought it was City Ham. I was like, wait a minute. Sorry, right. he eats his bacon raw, anyways. <sighs> All right, Ben. So, speaking of your I menu. Right. Speaking of your menu, we got we to gotta kind of segue into uh, what we're doing for the 2024 canoe trip, which is where you come into play. Um, cause by the time this comes out that you'll have a, and I'll actually post the link for the tickets for the trip this year, which they're going to be more expensive than they've been in the past, but this is a more all inclusive experience. I would disagree. It is not going to be more expensive. It's you, it's just, we're doing the work for you. Yeah. The upfront cost is more than it was, but you're going to spend the same amount of money. Right. The cabin's still going to be the same. You still got the trip back with the outfitter. And then when you look at the way the meals are priced, don't kid me, man. You ain't really going to save any money on food. You then, can't eat cheaper at McDonald's than yeah. what you're paying per meal. And now, and now, you know, we, we got Ben and crew that are going to, you know, handle a lot of that. So when guys get all worn out from being on the river, they're going to come in and it's going to be even as cushy as that trip has become. It's <laughs> even going to be more cush. Guys are going to be bringing the recliners pretty soon. What's, yeah. what's, the, chance, what's the chance we could still get you to throw in uh, catch of the day? Oh, guaranteed. Okay, guaranteed. I mean, if we'll I've clean got it. hot grease, no, 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 and I, I don't even, I don't, I don't care to clean it. The premise that I operate on is is kind of where Jim was going. Is when you get off the river, what do you want to see? And that was the thing that I that that really struck me. It was like, and and I tried to, I was selling it to guys that I was talking to Jake. Man, I was like, look, man, we don't have to carry everything up there to cook. We don't have to cook. Then we don't have to clean it all up and break it all down and put it back in the canoe. We can get done with the day of paddling and come up there and find food. That's it. It's there. It's, it's, yeah. and, and it's done. And I'm talking to, if you tell me you want chili flavored Fritos, <laughs> they're sitting there. Right. right. And, and so for this, I have, um, uh, basically the outlook is unlimited. Really. I've, I've had clients on the river that'll say, I want, um, temper shrimp. Okay, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean that literally happened. I mean that was that was probably that was ten. I'll say that was a little less than ten years ago. I say but, he told me he would meet us at the riverbank with uh, chocolate covered strawberries, champagne, and caviar if you wanted. If there you go. Wanted him to. There you go. I mean, it, so it, it truly is. To Start your bringing the wives on letter. the trip. <laughs> <laughs> I said no. I think no. Thanks. We'll pass. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, Bag yeah. of red man and some bourbon, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, it is. It's trying to make the trip easier on on you guys, on anyone doing it. Um, the rations and supplies you want. If there's a heavy thing that we don't need to throw in the canoe, well, we have the access to actually move those down the forest roads for you guys. Um, so be it be it actual gear hauling and or just comfort at camp. That's that's what we're here to do, and and we've been doing it for a long time. Not I, I'm not a crazy social media person or anything, you know, I could probably take a lesson or two in that, but from myself, it is 
friends or family, big air quotes, uh, you know, everybody becomes friends that, that, Hey, yeah, you got, you know, but, 10 guys, you got 15 guys. Yeah, of course. We'll, we'll haul your gear. Uh, bingo. Back up on that gear hauling thing. <laughs> right. Cause, uh, that we've got a couple of guys that are a little bit more gear intensive than others well, to the, and I think a lot of them have also learned, like, I really don't need to bring all that shit. Right. Um, but you know, one of the things that I've kind of gone the other direction now, when I go, I like to actually bring a cot and it's not that big a deal to throw it in the canoe. But if you're hauling gear, man, I'll be like, here's the cut. I'll take everything else, but just one, le- you know, it's just kind right. of bulky in the damn. Yep. Yeah. And, so, and, all right, it's if good you to had know. somebody that would say, Hey, I'll take that 15 pounds out of the canoe and, and put it in the truck. It'll meet you there. It'll be dry when you get there. You know, that type of deal. That's what we work to do and to make sure. Yeah. If, if you need cold drinks, cold, we go get ice. If you need a specific, except for, I will say this. On the Suwannee River, if you want a bottle of wine, I was telling Nephew this on the way down today, the Suwannee River and their in outstanding does not know what wine is. If absolutely anybody coming. You got yeah. Mad Dog. So, you got Wild Irish no, no. Rose. Oh, I, thought, I take that. I insulting. I could find a bottle of Mad Dog. You cannot. In 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 the entire area, you cannot find a bottle of wine. No, it's but you can find a box, crop. though, can't you? Yes. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, yes. I know for a fact there's a Dollar General right near the first camp that we stop at. That you does can not get have wine because have box I wine? actually literally checked that this year what? and they do Even not have box wine, bottle wine, anything. And you walk in and they say, no, you have to drive 30 minutes X ways to, to get a bottle of wine. Swear, because my wife was going to join me to help with the trip you guys met me on. And I said, all right, all it needs is a bottle of Chardonnay. You know, this just, just real easy. Sir, the closest bottle of wine is 35 miles that way. <laughs> That's good to know, man. I was thinking, you so, know, if you're if you, speaking of gear hauling, you know, my ties. I mean, uh, honest to God, oh I'm not God. talking pink umbrellas. I'm, you know the my ties yeah. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, Jim's are, my ties are like, you have two yeah. and you start speaking a foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> like the right kind. That's no, take the, that's no shit. Take the Orger and the simple syrup and the limes and the mint and all whole nine yards, man. I'm like. I hope I can make the trip this year. If so, I'll, I might outfit a, a Mai Tai bar. <laughs> of course, I'm a big Mai Tai bar with all you guys. <laughs> Cost the price. The price of the trip just double because the Mai Tais. But, but uh, so Ben is going to join us down the river this year and cater the food. Uh, so when you're looking at the price of the trip, that is going to include um, your camping in the cabin the cost of the outfitter and it's going to cover it would be dinner on the first day and then breakfast and dinner every day except for the last day would just be breakfast so then you you know we if you wanted to if you wanted to drive up a day early and stay at swanee river state park the night before so you would have to drive up the butt crack of dawn you're still responsible for um, either joining in and splitting a cabin <clears throat> or renting a primitive camp space, which the primitive camp space I think is like twenty bucks. Yeah. Um, and then you're also still responsible for your parking, which would run you about forty dollars unless that's gone up. So you're gonna park at Swanee River State Park for four days. You get to pay four days park admission basically to park there. Um, but and I can't take money for that because you have to give it to them at the gate. So and if you want to be a little cheap, you guys can arrange to meet at one of the. Grocery store parking lots or something like that, not too far down the road. 
all throw your stuff and you know strap each other to the top of a truck or whatever and pile in together. You could. Yeah. I mean, if you trust the grocery store parking lot. I was going to say grocery. You could leave Jake's Jake's Explorer there. I can leave my truck anywhere. Nobody. The closest thing you're going to be able to park multiple vehicles at would be the Busy Bee. Other than that, you're kind of. I mean, there's a gas station across the river, but it's kind of iffy. Yeah, people might be doing me a favor at this point in time if somebody came and stole my truck. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it's it's definitely worth it. I do want to kind of dive into like what brought you to start this? Like when were you like, Hey, I want to start catering river trips. That's like, where were you born? You know, it's in a, in a true way. So I was blessed in life that, that I grew up North Carolina, North Georgia, Tennessee border area, Raven County. Um, but honestly in high school, I got a job at a winery and they showed me, I was working with a bunch of folks that I couldn't speak the language. They took, they, they took my hand basically taught me how to speak, speak Spanish, taught me how to grow grapes and then realized I'm not built for this at all. I am way too skinny. I am way too, you know, and whatever it was. And so, so from that, I moved to the kitchen in this, in this huge winery and in this kitchen, I didn't know it at the time was well beyond their means. I mean, we were, we were, this was, uh, this was close to 20 years ago, sous veding, uh, uh, pork chops, doing full hair dinners at night, you know, like there was, there was so much beyond that. I got fired from that job. It's the only job I ever got fired from because I was down in the trout stream fishing too much. And, and <laughs> I thought you were saying like stealing boxes. No, 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 no. So, so we were down there and it was my executive chef and I that were in the river fishing in, in every single break, every single minute, even not breaks, we would go down and say, they just stocked the river. Let's go. You know? And so we'd be down in the river. Well, well, instead well, of, how else are they supposed to get catch of the day? There you go. And, and literally, we were cooking those rainbow trout in the kitchen for people for catch of the day. They'd fly in. We had ball players from the Braves and stuff that did fly in, and, and we do catch the day. And so it became from that I was, and I, I say that comfortably because I was fired to take a job as the fly fishing coordinator. And they made a guide program out of that. Well, we took that from let's just take people fishing to let's show them how to clean and catch their fish. And in Riverside, I mean, a beautiful white tablecloths, Riverside in Dahlonega, Georgia, um, showing people how to clean trout, cook them over an open flame, uh, deliver them exactly like they were out of the kitchen. But we were sitting there and and then went from that to and, and this is my my story. I never thought was a story is to say. You know, my, uh, my mama lived in Tallahassee it's forever growing up and then divorced parents, but it's to say, I'm going to go visit my mama on a Friday. So I went, packed my bags, visit mom on a Friday, just drove down on that Friday. My brother says, Hey, I've got to introduce you to somebody Saturday morning. It, it springs similar to Swanee. We just live at Wasissa Springs. And, and so she, he said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you. All our buddies are getting together down there or whatever. It wasn't buddies. It was a girl he worked with that was older than he was that was my age and said, hey, this is Candace. 
And so what is now 15 years later, my wife and, and the whole farm and project, we met that day. I also caught my first redfish that day and said, oh, I'm staying in Florida forever. But all I know how to do is cook food. And so we went from there to opening a, uh, a relatively small chain of restaurants, got a, a contract with the state of Florida, um, went from that to say, I hate this. And I don't want to work all night long. I want to have a family. I want to do these things. How do we do it better? Andy Lundberg comes in the picture. And I like to say I, I served the right person lunch at the right time. And Andy Lundberg says, hey, buddy, I'm building a kayak business. I want to take people down the Swanee River on kayaks and, and, and take them for, you know, three or four days at a time. But the problem is people are hesitant about the food they have to pack and bring and the gear they have to pack and bring. Can you be my person? I said, yeah, didn't know anything about it. He put me in a canoe that day. Um, or no, that, that day is relative, but he put me in a canoe after that day in that experience to show me what the clients would get, what you guys do on the river. I did the entire trip. I mean, I mean, top to bottom of Swanee to the coast said, I will never do this again in my entire life. This is what keys and outboards are made for. (laughs) I am, I'm an electric motor guy, but I can do your food. Um, and I realized there was, there was a need for people in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of you call me and say, Ben, Hey, we're just for, for, uh, local sake is to say, Hey Ben, we're hunting in the middle of Ocala for the next three days. I don't want to get out of my truck, but I want filet mignon every night. I'll be there, you know? And, and we realized that that was something people need. And I'm the one crazy enough to do it. So we've just, we, we pretty bad. So it's not just Swanee. You'll, there, so. you'll, you'll meet guys He's, around yeah. North central Florida. He said middle of Ocala. Yeah. So, nice. so basically, this, 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 yeah, <laughs> within a, within a five, six hour radius, uh, of course, price point depending is, is yeah. If you're willing to do it, I'll fly to Kansas with you. You know, yeah, I, you know, I mean, maybe I have, have him, him, have him come know. up and cater some dinners at the hunting camp up there in Alabama. You know, <laughs> No, but you, you mentioned Kansas. I got you got that group of guys that comes together and travels every now and again. I'd love to have him around, man. And, and yeah. you know, even though even though some of that stuff's included, I'm sure some well some of the places we don't do meals and like it'd be easy to throw it on there and be like, no, 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 no. We're gonna knock down some sandhill cranes. We'll breast a few of them out and right there in the farmer field, man. That'd be awesome. Yep, yep. And oh. and for us, it, it it's catering to even more so than than the place with the lodge right that you go to and everybody cooks like you said catch clean cook they're they're doing it for you we cater to the public land hunter this is i want the same experience but i also want to go to kansas pay for my public hunting license pay for my tags on my own but have somebody cook for me and and again kansas is would would, right in the uh, realm um, but anywhere here, uh, the Southeast, certainly 100% have done it or will do it. Just give me a call. Cool. Hey, can you back up a little bit? You, you're talking about when you were doing the trout table side, white table, man. And this is going to sound something kind of silly, but you're teaching them how to clean trout. Just if you can, man, describe what some of that preparation looks like. Cause trout, I mean, it's, it, trout is one of those great fish that doesn't, require a whole ton of work you know what i mean like what when you prepare because they're small right when you prepare your trout how do you do it so i think 
exactly what you said. I just I, I smiled listening to you is because people yeah, over well so so people overthink it. Right? Is you're looking at you go to Publix, you see a salmon fillet. It's there's very little skin on either side or skin on one side on purpose. You know, another one's trout. No, I mean there's three cuts on a trout that need to be made. Two underneath the gills, one down the belly. Clean it out. You are good to prepare that fish. Amen. And <laughs> it is if the so I and I can stuff it with everything you've ever thought of. I can do mm-hmm. the most fancy Italian cured meats. I can go I should eat dinner tonight to to spinach and and feta <laughs> and whatever you you might think. But the reality is that fish is done. I mean, it, it's perfect just like it is, and. Hit it hot on a couple sides for, or on both sides for a couple minutes. Um, there is truly nothing that needs to be done to a trout, yeah. you know, other than what you want. If you want, if you tell me I want bacon and cheese, okay, Jim, you know, throwing some bacon and cheese. No, but what I love about it, especially you get it, especially if you can do it slow and low to the point where, man, when you get your fork in there and you just lift it up, and what basically fork, you lift one side off, lift this up, and you got the cartoon fish. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> yeah. tail, head, and bone. Yeah. It's like, ah! Yes. I, I love fish like that. And, you know, you can, well, I, I defer to you because I, I kind of the same way on bluegill. I mean, you got to scale them and all the other stuff, but, um, I mean, so I fillet a lot of bluegill too, especially if they're big, but just kind of getting in there, making that little slit up the belly. You can't miss the chips. You got to have the chips. Oh, yeah, I know. It's if you're frying them. Yeah. But you still, you little slit up the belly. You tear the the lungs or the tail of the gills and the collar out. Like, you get your thumb up in there and it all just kind of yeah. peels off. And what you got, man, is simple. And the same kind of thing. You got you to gotta fight your way around a couple little bones. But just, I don't know why so many people are like, oh, bluegill, small fish. They don't want to deal with it. I'm like, man, that, thing, that whole thing's sandwich. Right? <laughs> so... Thank you. Couldn't couldn't know. say that any better. That that the best fish is prepared the the most simple way, in my opinion. Um, you know, even from ceviche, I've ceviched burn. I mean, yeah, I guess you could. It, well, you can. Most people don't want it, but they say, "Hey, Ben, let me challenge you." And uh, okay, let's do this. But for me, gills, belly, clean it out, roast it, make it to its flaky and falling apart. I, I, I'm interested. I mean, now I kind of want to try some get ceviche brim. Well, and I was thinking about the, tonight you, coming you in. Can, I was my my pressure was all right. These guys, they know me as the crazy river cook. You've seen me in circumstances most people in the entire world do not see me see me under. And I'm going all right. What can I fix for these guys tonight? You know, and especially with this one over here is a little bit of pressure because if anything I've thought to fix, Jim's already done it. No, no, you know? no, not at all, and, man, not and, at all. And I, I never know. thought about it, oh, you know. <laughs> but no, like you, you know, it's, my stigma on the freshwater fish and ceviche, or or certainly sushi, I do think, and I'm not an expert on, it, but I, I do think you're probably, you probably everybody worries. How do I say this? As you, I understand it, the episodics, like the things you actually got to worry about, saltwater fish ain't so bad. Freshwater fish got some stuff that'll mess you up. So the only thing, I, only question I have is like, because but you're still chemically. I mean, it's the salt and the lime, the acid and the salt that's pretty damn corrosive on anything, right? You put that on your bumper, come out the next day, and your bumper is never going to be the same. So I guess that's pretty good. Yeah, we eat the shit out of it. Yeah, it's citric acid. That's all. Yeah, it is. I guess you it, could probably get away with it through if, pretty if, much anything. If you get a little bit of the ick, it's probably not something that's going to really wreck you. You might just. Well, and it's like for me, we we grew up as kids, mullet 
I mean, and, and literally, you put a mullet on the smoker or whatever, and dad dares you to eat it, but squeezes a little lime juice on it. You don't necessarily get the ick because of the citric acid. And so I do it as a kind of a one of, it's the hardcore guys that are going, you can't do this. Absolutely. Squeeze some. It, Hold it's, my beer. It's, it's, it, thank you. It's Jake eating raw hamburger, right? It, it's, it, it's that exact deal to where I'm like, I'm really oh, not okay. so sure that I didn't mess Jake up a little bit. Yeah, well, it, it, that goes back to you brought the venison tartare in here one night. Oh, yeah. man, that was so good. Yeah, man. But that's, again, lime juice. Right. Right. You're, you're, and, and you got to be careful, man, because if you don't get that right, your tartare turns gray. It's still <laughs> tartare, but. Man, it's not pretty. eating gray meat. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you ever ate canned fish, six one way, half dozen the other. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I didn't cook tonight, man. I'd have been under a ton of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, good. I, got a, I got a venison shoulder I'm telling you, out. Like I've said it several times in the past, I feel like Jim could take a dog turd, <laughs> do some crazy shit cooking things to it, and then bring it in here, and everybody's like, "I'm not eating that." And Jim's like, "Just try it." And then you're like, "Okay, that's well, actually listen." Good. The big no. one was the was the, the coot the coot livers the coot, coot foie gras yeah coot foie gras and everybody said, "I'm like, trust me on all all foie gras." Well, no, really good foie gras, isn't it? But the whole liver taste is just already departure. And and the funny thing, and you, I said, "Just keep eating." And also, next thing you know, you're like, "Oh, this." And next thing you're like, "Oh, give me some more." And, and you guys cleaned out all the ramekins. It's just a taste. And I don't know if it's the salt and the butter, but salt, there's a lot of salt and butter, and it's like half. I think he brought wine that night too. Oh yeah, man. probably. Yo, yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim has definitely exposed <laughs> me to wine. That's, yeah, like you, you, pairing wine with some of the meals he's made. I'm like, I don't drink wine. And I, I, I drink with the Suit meal. Like, okay, this is good. This is this is really good. Like, you know I mean, yeah. I get along with some of that. By the way, they got Chateau Saint Michel for sale. Buy one Bogo at Publix right now for eighteen bucks. You basically get a nine dollar bottle of wine, and it's good. I don't know what that means. Bogo. Buy one. What was that? I thought you you said something about that. I thought you were talking about Joey, your wife. Chateau Saint Michel is a winery out of Washington. They do a lot of stuff along the Columbia River, and they got they make pretty good wines, right? So it's. but, you know, it's usually $20 bottle of wines. Well, right now I happen to notice that they are buy one, get one free, at least at my local Publix. So I picked up some of their uh, Sauvignon Blanc and then some of their Cabernet Sauvignon. And I, I really like Cabernet Sauvignon usually because it's a little bolder, especially some I'm getting older and some of my – that's part of the reason why sometimes I bring food in here, you might be like, it's all spicy. It's cause, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my sense of smell as I get older, right? So it's spicy. Um, but – since we're talking about wine and if we're talking about cooking, and I don't usually, I'm not a guy that just sits down and has a glass of wine at night. It's always with food if I do it. And um, I just think it's one of the things a French got right. It's like, what do you mean you're eating food without wine? It works. I can't figure it out. You know, beer is sometimes good, but wine with good food is, to me, it's wine is good. Wine with good food is better. Food is good. Food with good wine is better. That's it. Let's take a break real quick. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel, from business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. 
Attorney Roman Hammes' multi-state law practice focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamas.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N V-H-A-M-M-E-S dot com. Offices, Florida and South Carolina. The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free. With a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community, creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in the hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. So what, for the price these guys are paying to come on this Suwannee River trip in 2024, what's the menu, an idea of what the menu is going to look like? Okay, so so from my perspective, it's truly a, a hands-free experience, right? It's in the mornings, I'm traditional Southern cook. So you're going to get bacon sausage. You're going to get eggs, grits. Um, you know, if anybody cares for orange juice with their whiskey, sure. That, that comes into, um, you know, again, you guys are on your own for lunches. Um, past that dinner wise, it is, it's not only catch of the day. Well, that's what Will's been talking about. Will you clean them and catch them or clean them and cook them? Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll do that. I'll clean and cook anything that, that you guys get off of the river past that I sturgeon yes 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 <laughs> no uh, please no you know many, sturgeon uh, i've got a sturgeon story anyway um for for dinners based on what it is it, it will be a very welcoming warm dinner i don't care if it's anything from uh you know cheeseburgers to to steaks um you know we'll decide that along the way but it will be absolutely everything you can need. Snacks, breakfast, foods, uh, uh, send you with some snacks on the way for lunch. And then, uh, of course, through dinners in the mornings that um, you, you won't want for anything as far as I'm concerned. The menus. Let me see. Even even this weekend, we've got venison tacos going on <laughs> for duck camp. So I can say that's just the baseline. But, you know, whatever, whatever we'll decide you guys want, you get. You know, it's it's funny because we had talked about, I would mentioned like, no, oh, just some simple stuff like tacos. You're like, oh, yeah, we could have chips and salsa waiting on you. And I'm like, bro, I, 
Never did I think about <laughs> chips and salsa when like, I mentioned I taco. tacos. Yeah, tacos. <laughs> a salt rim on your tequila glass. You yeah, know? Right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that is the reality of it. For me, I try to get to know the group, and and oftentimes I'm dealing with groups that are across the country that I don't get to sit six feet apart from these guys and, and get to know them for you guys. I watched what you did last time. I heard stories about cooking crow that, that truly <laughs> blew me away. And I said, I said, all right, I've cooked everything in this world. And then I heard about cooking crow whiskey so, cream sauce, man. So, so, yeah. Kind of so, like so, the bacon. You know. <laughs> and I'm not going to say no. What I will say is you will not want for anything. If you do within the first minute, you let me know you won't want for anything past then um, saved for, you know, holes patched in your canoe. I can't help you there, but on the land side of things, um, uh, truly it is everything. I don't care if it's cold bottle water all the way to a bottle of whiskey at the end of the day. Uh, you've got it with us. That That's, that's something. And I don't know. We take that for granted because we eat, like you talked about earlier, it's the true uh, TikTok calls it the boy dinner. <laughs> Meat, beer, done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said lunch. I was like, I'm holding lunch right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he's Miller Lite, he's, he's talking about breakfast, and I'm like, if I eat breakfast, what the fuck do I need to get lunch for? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, to a certain extent, you're true, right? Because you, you just. Once you get out there in the river between covering ground and fishing and yucking it up and cocktails and whatnot, um, I don't ever, and ever since I stopped taking Boy Scouts, I don't ever remember stopping for lunch. Like I, I'm sure we ate something. The only time Apple, I think we yeah. stopped for lunch is at Convict Springs, and well, yeah, just they because they got the monster burgers, right? Swing over there and get a burger. I think I. Like in the whole five day trip, I think midday, maybe once or twice, we made ramen noodles with the jet boil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, and and so for me, and I'm gonna throw it over to nephew because he needs he needs to impart on this. But I think a, one of our first duck camps, and literally, I've been a proud uncle in a bunch of different papers when he's writing about <laughs> your your different experiences and these kind of things, and I didn't realize I had this much of an impact, but. Tell tell the guys what we had for dinner on your your first day duck camp with Uncle jumping in the truck with Crazy Man to take you shooting <laughs> some ducks. So, so basically, um, one thing I've kind of always learned, and as come down here, food will bring people together. You know, you start getting bacon grilled up on a Coleman grill, and all of the ramp uh, the people at the ramp oh, are yeah. just going to crowd around that Coleman grill till that bacon gets off of it. So. We're just sitting there, and he's like, well, I'm going to throw some bacon and some this and that, and we're just going to do breakfast for dinner. So we get it going, and we start eating, but, you know, you kind of fix food while you're just camping, and then two people show up, then four people show up, then six people show up, and now we're having a cookout at the ramp. <laughs> yeah, but you're absolutely right, young man. I mean, one, and it is powerful if you really think about all the different animals that are out there. Human beings are about the only ones that intentionally, communally share food, right? Most other species, you come and try to take that other guy's, you know, morsel away, and he's trying to take a chunk out of you. Yet we do it to come together. It's pretty unique, um, and it's it's part. It's part. It kind of tying this whole thing. It's 
People say, why do you hunt? And I've, I've even said in the podcast, like, if I lost the ability to eat wild game, I wouldn't hunt. <laughs> you know, that for me, that's the whole ball of wax. Um, but, I don't, you know, you've been sitting here nice and quiet and very polite, by the way. <laughs> um, I kind of warned you we might do this. But <laughs> I, you know, t- you, tell us, we'll start off that way. Tell us a little bit about your name and what you're named after. So I basically grew up in Glen County, Georgia, basically on the banks of the Altamaha River. So that's where the name River came from. Um, but really at a young age, probably three or four, just getting out on the river, fishing, hunting, you know, really every chance I could get on the weekends, you know, after school even some days, just, hey, let's go to the river and we're going to find what's out there and cook it in the end, you know. So it all started there um, between uncles and brothers and all that started deer hunting and then got into fishing a bunch on the river and just started learning how to use that, you know. Use the food the way you yeah. want to use it. Yeah. So who's the who who's who's the best shot amongst the family? Oh. <laughs> Is it you? <laughs> so he just took the headphones off because he knows we kind of talked about this. He knows if we get into this story, he might get a little embarrassed about it. So I'll start. I'll give him. You know, I'll give him a spot a little bit this year at an early till we're hunting and. We've got these teal, and they're just dumping in. We had a group of four teal, not lying, almost hit my mojo a good eight times. Because teal will come in, they'll jump up and spin around and go back down. We're pulling to pick up teal we had already killed. We, I say him. And these teal are just landing in and out of the decoys. And we're just watching these teal, and we were able to literally pull all the way back to the blind make all the blind noise they got up and turned around and spun all the way back and landed again so we get up kill him you know whatever he ended up shooting one or two out of them and just me flat out missed all morning i'll admit straight up to it flat out missed all morning well to you know to to, to you you'll see man because i like i gotta have a couple come in before i start laying them out because teal of all the, this happens to all bird hunters, man. Like they come in, and and it's really easy to not see the individual birds, and you see the flock. Yeah, right. You're like, I can't miss, <laughs> and you hit every hole in there, and you don't drop a bird. Right, it, teal are really hard to get. I mean, just get the gun up, get your shoulder down, and fi- and and then because they're everybody thinks they're fast. Teal are actually some of the slowest flying ducks, but man, they are jinky. They're so <laughs> agile. Yeah, and 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 it just it. It you when I when I'm hunting teal, I really have to get in my head and be like, slow down. <laughs> like you could probably kill him. Just get a minute, and and it, it's teal drive me batty. Now my question for you specifically, Jim, because I've wanted to have this question with you forever and ever oh and ever. Boy. But it's <laughs> to say, um, waterfowl. What's the percentage of birds that you will take and pluck all the way through versus versus just breasting them out? Because my so so uh, pretense to this is my adage this season, like literally from now till till the end of early season, I will pluck every single bird. I'm going to take every single bird whole. I'm going to deal with them as I deal with them. 
in seasons past. Sure, if we had a, a quick day, I'd 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 breast them and and regret it for the rest of forever. <laughs> Where do you fall on the? Do we breast them always? Do we pluck them no, always? Definitely. Do we? Is there a combination? Where Where are you at, Jeff? It is a combination. I mean, in where my heart is, I pluck them all. Ducks. Yeah. Um. I've even plucked a coot once, but. <laughs> Um, and it, you know, and hold on. I'm the first guy to, to defend That's coots. Awesome. Everybody yeah. thinks ah, coots. Especially people say coots are greasy. I'm like, you ain't never eaten one, like because I, I, you know, coots. I eat the heck out of them. Yeah, yeah and, I th- and if you get it, because I'm, I'm a eat the whole animal thing. Coot got the best gizzard in the whole animal kingdom, man. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So we soul brother over here. So I pluck a lot because one, of, especially ringers. Um, which you're gonna you shoot can, a piss load of in the marsh? Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, well, so well, if it's little birds like 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 teal, yeah. And this may be blasphemy. My favorite way to eat a teal is deep fried. I pull up that Ooh. thing, right, and and I Drop get it all coated up, seasoned, and just boom. And you only gotta let it sit in there maybe three minutes. You know how it is, because no matter what, if you got hot grease, the teal wings, and I do, man. I even pluck the wings, get them all tucked <laughs> up in there, looking pretty. And, and and the in the leg it's like ends. A Cornish hen. Yeah, yeah, they get they get done real fast. And, and you know, duck is one of those things that you can eat it medium raw, no problem. But you know, having that breast that's just nice and pink, and then because it's kind of small, it gets you know you get messy eating it. Like every kind of nodding, and you getting all just it's in your fingers and all the all the seasonings. So my favorite thing there. So I'm, anyway, teal. I don't think I've ever done anything but plucked. Yeah. Ringers, I, I tend to pluck those too because I really like to smoke them. Um, but sometimes, you know, it just comes down to time. And then when you get, I will sometimes just get a little carried away where it's like between knocking down deer, knocking down ducks, and, and not and wanting to whole use a lot of the animal, right? Because I'll do that too. Like you shoot five ducks and you drive back and oh, there's some coots. Wham, wham, wham. Next thing you got, you know, 10 coots. You, you, you know, Thomas is over here kind of he's laughing like you know what it's like <laughs> yeah. and and you got just so much and uh and and I used to think well because I would do this I'd put them in the refrigerator and I'd let them age except next thing you know it's like I'm looking at the refrigerator and I got three days worth of birds in there and you just you, know, you start doing the mentals and you're like I have to breast some of these out. Like sure. they're you got to breast them and eat them so you don't go over your possession limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that's the funny thing because I've asked a couple of FWC guys about what is possession, and I've never got. Well, I've, I should say I have got the same answer twice, but some will tell you that once you've processed that bird into what, like if you breast it out or if you pluck it, and you know, I'll, I'll do that with geese sometimes. By the way, you want to talk about a chore. <laughs> I've also plucked a turkey. Yes, I don't want to talk about. Ooh, oh, <laughs> that's all day event. But um, once it's vacuum sealed and in your freezer, they will say that that doesn't count towards your possession limit. And I've had others tell me that nope, if, if, until it is eaten, it doesn't count against your possession limit. So, and maybe this is being convenient, and I'm not trying to. You know, if FWC is kicking down my door next week, I guess it'd be my fault. Well, actually, come and kick it in next week because I got possession of anything. But um, my my intent is is because uh, we do we eat on it all year long, and it is not I'm not lazy. But that's the whole point is you shoot these birds, 
and you prep them down to whatever you want to cook with them. And, and that's, you know, but I'm sorry, I'm rambling. As you know, plucking a wild duck is, is almost like a labor of love because the extra amount of meat that you get off those legs and get off those wings for the hardest part to pluck is like, oh, that was good. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, and sometimes like, it's a little chewy. But I just, uh, I, I, man, because presentation's a big deal. And you've seen a couple of pictures I posted, man. When you get three or four ringers, and I tend to, I like to use a little pink salt when I'm, when I'm, so it's almost more like duck ham. But man, when they come out and they're nice and there's brown all over from being smoked and you slice cinnamon and you get that contrast of, of smoked meat brown and pink meat in the middle, it, it, it's just, it's so much work. And especially if you got two or three people and it's all gone in five minutes. It is. It's it's not even include just the plucking, preparing the brine, putting them in the brine, then put and putting them on. It's one of the things I love about smoking. Honey, will you help me? No, honey, I'm cooking. Right? But now yeah, I got to cut that, that out. No, we got to cut that out to save men nationwide. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, and then it, and it and it kills because it's then it's all gone in five minutes. But I guess that's what it's about is the the enjoyment of. It's kind of like when I travel. Process. Yeah, when I travel, I don't travel for the destination. I travel for the journey. So I guess when I cook, I don't necessarily cook for the destination. I cook for the journey. Anyway, how's that for a really long one to answer your Thank simple you. question? River, I, ha- I have a question for you. Um, the And I heard you say it when you were saying but I want to hear it clearly. The The name of the river on Ben's hat, how do you say that? So I pronounce it Altamaha. Altamaha. Okay, no, I just no, no, that put is, that to that, Facebook that is meme. difference when you say it will versus him, and I love Maha. you both. But no, no, there's no, a W at the end of his. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it again. You River. can't say Altamaha like that's somebody from Atlanta coming no, down. No, to listen, the I got one worse for you, and and I and, I, and I'm gonna and, and I know this guy listens to the podcast, and he's gonna be at the hunt this year. He calls it the Altima. I'm like, brother, it's got an H in it. <laughs> It's not a Nissan car. It's a AJ <laughs> Albert Moran. That is for you. There's an H in the name. It's Alt Mahal. That's how I Alt-Mahal. say. Alt Mahal. Okay. Alt Mahal. Alt Mahal. Okay. That makes sense because there's uh, man. Also, I can't remember what the what they call. What's the river in Louisiana? I'm totally blanking. I, uh, I knew I knew that he had to be from that area when William started talking about the WNA we're going to. He's shaking his head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the whole the whole South Georgia dialect is interesting. When I started going up there, and what's interesting is Ben's family's from Broxton, which I drive through twenty times a year on the way to my lease. I mean, it's five well, it's ten minutes from my lease. We're we've been comparing notes. But when I first started going over there you know, getting to know some of the farmers, listening to a conversation, the South Georgia dialect, yeah, they take that, they take the English language and throw out about half the syllables. <laughs> right. So yeah. pronunciate your vowels. Now, now, I mean, like it, it's, it's almost like learning a foreign language, you know, but I remember <laughs> some easy ones. Like but when I was first up there, I'm listening to conversations. I'm hearing guys talk about, yeah, I plan backer and all this, you know, and, and <laughs> And I finally stopped the conversation. I was, I was trying to figure out because I was thinking row crops, and I finally just said, "Forgive my stupid Floridian, but what's backer?" 
no, goes, no, 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 no. He, he goes, says, stupid Floridian. This is his his northern coming out. Of yeah, whatever, man. His, but he's the Yankee coming he out. He slows him. down. Don't, don't tell him it's a Floridian. This is the Yankee. Oh yeah, coming it's out Floridian. Because I don't care who you are, man. Every Floridian goes up there. They're happy to say y'all sound like Yankees. I know <laughs> what backer is. I've known what backer well, is my yeah. whole life. And he he sighs. <sighs> Tobacco. <laughs> 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 you know, but I, I I love it. But and that's just a silly example. But there's, I, I don't know, muter grass, Bermuda grass, uh, <laughs> chickabitties, which is basically any bird that could be a chicken, it could be a guinea fowl, it could be a turkey, it could be. It's a tiny. But one. so leaving leaving whole syllables out of a, a word, you know, you just you just learn to adapt and know that. Alt Mahal. Alt Mahal <laughs> is Alt Mahal. You know, there's a whole bunch of syllables in it. We just cut a few out. But but for, for me, they look like I'm broken because I speak 90 miles an hour. And so I say it real quick, and they're just like, You're not from here, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all sound I'm like Yankees. Uh, I'm a little bit like River and I grew up in basically the same place. And to say, Yes, it is a very different dialect. But yeah, for me, I'm going to Alt Mahal. And he says, Alt Mahal. Alt Mahal. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, and we've kind of talked about it, um, you know, it's more of like a sped up, you know, I've, y'all probably heard of Mountain Man off of Duck Dynasty, but we've talked about <laughs> it's literally in that area, a sped up Mountain Man talking. It, but the, you know the funny part about it, the Southern dialect is actually you. slowed down British. So, that's, yeah, it's slowed down old, old English. Yes. Yeah, yeah. British. Depending on who you talk to now, the way he says it, like he said, nine miles an hour sped up, you're going to have to hear it about three times before you can hear it because he's got a, it's like getting a speeding ticket before you slow down, you know, he's going to say it, say it, say it, and then wait, Altamaha or Altmaha, you know? Altmaha. I just, I just wanted to hear you pronounce the H in there because I know it ain't the Altima. <laughs> there's all kind of like you the washita's out in arkansas you hear people calling the washitas and you watch somebody from arkansas when they go the washitas they go yeah, that's, it's like a punch like, of you know like, that's like uh somebody from albany you albany, albany. yeah albany, yeah. Oh, albany. Yeah. oh yeah i knew you were there before you were there it's albany baby albany <laughs> yep Oh man! Well, I mean, uh, I you guys got any closing thoughts? I'll give Shoot you one. Straight. You you guys are going out duck hunting this weekend. Uh, let me tell you. Listen, don't shoot ducks swimming on the water. Wait till they stop first. It's a lot easier to hit them that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. SWAT, SWAT team. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that. that. That would be a pretty good T-shirt when somebody put it out there. I guess it was on ours, you know, like about somebody made that comment about swatting ducks and oh, I'm sorry, it was on Vin- we'll Vincent. We that out. And Vincent Vincent Phelps put something out there about swatting ducks, and I was like, man, I'm going to get some tack gear when I go out to a SWAT team. <laughs> like they, I never have trouble finding them when they're like stomp them in the in the lettuce. Been like, wham, <laughs> I got them. <laughs> Edit that out, and I'm adding it to my notes for a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> SWAT team. <laughs> Put a duck on it. No, good duck enough. on the water, right? Yeah. Speaking of t-shirts, um, one of the first hunts we did around the Old Mahal, um, 
we're sitting there kind of on a levee between two dikes and we're sitting there it's probably about nine o'clock now i'd say and i'm you know probably a month after i got my first set of calls i had a flex tone mallard call and a flex tone wood duck call and just watching videos of people you know wood duck calling so i'm just doing wood duck calls every now and then and two wood ducks i kid you not land 10 feet in front of us in the water in front of us no gun no nothing we're just sitting there and they land and they get back up and i made the comment we've been debating on putting on a t-shirt for years i don't need a gun my weapon's just a duck call (laughs) yeah we've had briar's dog all right he's not here but briar's dog liberty especially when he's young um, and trying to figure things out would often whine at anything avian, right? So you kind of get used to, oh, yeah, he's learning. And actually, his dog doesn't whine very much anymore. But what we've learned is sometimes we'll be sitting in the blind, especially during early season. And all of a sudden, because there's no, there's no coots, it's fairly, all of a sudden, Lib's like, and you're like, shut up, dog, shut up, dog. Now all of a sudden, we finally learn, like, wait a minute. And sure <laughs> enough, man, there's an awful lot of times that dog's whining. And I'll be damned, there's a wood duck sitting right there in the middle of the lettuce, you know, and you're like, where did it come from? And I'm pretty sure that it didn't fly, and I think that they just, you know, slowly meandered their way out in front of us. So we uh, we swat them. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. of course. Dog doesn't care. Dog's happy it gets wet. If only she'd whine at decoys, I wouldn't have to come back a day later and pick up gems. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is I got all my decoys. <laughs> yeah. I no. thought I was going home with the decoy that day, too, until he picked it up. Yep. He said, it's got a name on the bottom. I said, what's it say? He said, Jim Hazley. I said, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you guys didn't kill any ducks. Yeah. They all got killed yesterday. That's one I got to return. <laughs> no, I, got I've got to say um, thank you for the UPO guys, for the family, and, and just in so many ways for having us tonight. But I appreciate what you guys do for youth i mean my my nephew's sitting in tonight and he listens to every podcast i do too but it's to say to get people more out in the woods active consciously doing what we're doing and and doing it in a respectful way um amen you guys can't can't do it a better way i mean it's is for what it is we met over uh uh funny circumstances at the swanee river and and to say tonight is the culmination of of all of that coming together i've listened to every single podcast i've 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 become a upo nation member i'll become a upa upo nation subscriber goodness i can't speak but (laughs) at any rate um i appreciate what you guys do i i i wish that i can help you through the future of it and in the future of youth hunting and getting even adults into hunting in that capacity. So uh, for what it is, this is the season. Get out in the woods and go do it. I do have one more thought. Sorry. We still have tickets for the, speaking of Swanee. The kayak, yeah. For the inflatable kayak. And we've done a terrible okay, job well, promoting it. Look, look. I don't know that I would try to take that kayak down the Swanee. I just want to throw that out there. It I is an inflatable Kevlar, kayak. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's an inflatable kayak. It's, it's bad. Dude, this is not a pool toy. This is a badass thing. But um, 100% of the proceeds from that kayak, once we have all the tickets sold and we raffle it off, they're all going to um, the future, the future of hunting, hunting in, Florida. in Florida, which 
really supports youth and then let's call it late onset. It's R3, right? A lot of it's youth uh, or adult first-time hunters or adult returning hunters. Uh, great organization run uh, by Chuck Etchenique and a whole bunch of other volunteers. They're really getting after it, and we'd just love to, when it's all said and done, we're going to make sure they get at least 1000 bucks. So please buy your ticket. I will say, you know we've done something right, that if he's seen me in a green mankini, he's still willing to come in. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always back to the bottom. Lofty, support the honey! All right, all right. The stories. <laughs> ben, before we let you go, you've got to do some shameless advertising well and what so so do. so for what it is thank you guys very much um do look forward to to supporting you guys through the the upcoming trip um past that if absolutely anybody in the upo nation needs to um just says hey i'm going to like jim said i i'm going to kansas and i'm going hunting i want to know about it uh if you need food uh it, it, will will be proud of this one this is this is nephew inspired, I will say, but it is crazy river cook at gmail.com. Okay. And, <laughs> and and so for what it is, uh we have we have got that going. If you have absolutely any interest in, in catering, I don't care what the demands are, what the extremes are, let us know we'll be there. Uh, you, you know, you want to go bighorn sheep pond in Utah? Well, I can figure out how to fix omelets on a on a cliff. Um, <laughs> so so for what it is, uh, crazyrivercook at gmail.com. I appreciate you guys for having us tonight. Um, but uh, but that's us. Thank you. Yeah, listen up, yeah. Steve Renella. We got you beat. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a hell of a We're working on it. <laughs> oh man, well. I appreciate you coming in tonight, Ben. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, likewise. And, uh, I look forward to getting on the Swanee River this year. That's that's going to be a total blast. It's, uh, it's going to yeah. be something. <laughs> <laughs> something is an accurate word to describe that. It's going to be something. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Adios. See ya. <laughs>